Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you will use this city as a tool of witness in the lives of those who are struggling to live godly for you. I pray that it will bring deliverance and set the captive free. Lord, as it goes beyond the prison walls, the highway and byways, that it will compel those to come unto you. Lord, those that are struggling, that they'll begin to live victoriously. And Lord, when that race is over and it is all finished, Lord, they can come unto you and you will say, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. In Jesus' name. In the book of Luke, chapter 14, verses 25 through 27, and then drop down to 33. And there went great multitudes with him, and he turned and he said unto them, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children, and brethren, and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciples. Verse 27, and whosoever doeth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. And drop down to verse 33. So likewise, whosoever be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. And then if you would look at Matthew 23, verse 37. And Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God, with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. Eternal God, once again, we are assembled in this place to, Lord, be ministered to by your word. You've given us platforms on social media that this word is not contained in these four walls, but it's going out now through the airwaves, God, that, Lord, it will find, Lord, and begin to deal with the heart that is willing to receive it. We ask, O oh God, today that we not just be hearers of your word, but help us to be doers of it. And, Lord, if there are any that are listening, that are watching, that have never repented of their sins, nor been baptized in Jesus' name, or filled with the Holy Ghost, let them see that today is the day of salvation. Today is the day, God, to get this done. And Lord, when it's all said and done, hearts are, Lord, renewed, souls are encouraged, people are saved. Remember to give you the glory, the honor, and all the praise. Let everyone say in Jesus' name. Before you're seated, I want you to go back to Matthew 22 and 37. And every place where you hear the word all, I want you to shout all with your loud speaking voice. 
Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with thy heart and with thy soul and with thy mind. I want to minister to you in the remaining time that I have from this thought. I'm all in. I'm all in. Now do me a favor, turn to the person next to you and say, what about you? God bless you. You may be seated. I'm all in. Let me just, first of all, uh, that, that's a phrase that has been tossed around, and it probably means different things to different people. But let me just kind of share with you when I'm talking about all in, what we're dealing with, what, what we're, we're talking about. I'm all in means to be fully committed to a task or endeavor, to give or be willing, prepared to give all of one's energy or resources towards something. All things have been taken into account and considered. Now, In breakfast, how many breakfast eaters I got out there? Raise your hand, okay. Now, y'all there in Facebook land and YouTube, I can't see, but I know I got me some to eat breakfast. And, and two of the main things that's on your breakfast meal, you know, you might be one that likes to just fill your plate with a lot of stuff, but the main two things on that plate I want you to hone in on. Don't, don't hone in on the and the butter and all that. But, but just hone in on these two things because I want you to understand what it means to commit to something and then just contribute. The next time you're about to eat your breakfast, that fried bacon and them scrambled eggs with some cheese in it, I want you to look at it from this perspective. That breakfast was made because somebody, meaning one of these two animals, made a commitment, a sacrifice. Now, let me say to you, I'm, I'm thankful for the contribution that the chicken made with the eggs. I love me some scrambled eggs, over medium, you, you name it, I'm, I'm one of those people. But it would be remiss of you not to understand that for that breakfast to come together, there was one that made the total commitment, the total sacrifice. That's right. That's that pig. I know somebody said, man, Pastor, I ain't eating pig these days. That's all right. The majority of people still eat it. If you want to get technical, if you want to say some turkey bacon, Turkey had to die. <laughs> what I'm trying to get you to see is that it called for a commitment. I appreciate, again, in the realm of the spiritual, how there are people that are committed to the work of God, to the purpose of God. But I also understand that there are just people that are willing to just make a contribution, not willing to give everything not willing to give their all. So I hope that that's clear today, what it means to be committed 
I'm all in. And then we also look at the fact, I know I've got some people out there probably being saved, you were rambling, gambling card players. You see, in poker, this term means that the player is committed and confident that the hand that he has, that he's holding, is worth risking all. So he pushes his, all of the chips into the center of the table, and he declares, I'm all in. You see, to declare that I'm all in as a Christian means I'm willing to live for God above everything else in life. And it means making his way first and foremost. Remember Matthew 6 and 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto me. We've got to get to the place where we got to be kingdom minded. And that's the first thing that should be in our priority. How many of you know that God really laughs at our plans? And unfortunately, a lot of our plans don't include him. But we want him to bless what we're doing. Brother, sister, I'm here to tell you, you can't keep putting God on the back burner and expect to be blessed and expect for him to come in your crisis and rescue you. I'm saying to you, we've got to understand as Christians what it means to be all in. It means I'm willing to live for God above all things. I'm wanting him to be first and foremost above my desires, my goals, my aspirations in life. Living this way declares that I'm I'm all in. Come on, work with me now. I'm all in. My life is yours to do with it as you so please. My heart, my mind, my soul belongs to you. To use me as your instrument in bringing souls to the kingdom of God. Because I've counted the cost. Somebody say, have you counted the cost? I'm telling you, it's a cost in being all in. But I'm telling you, I've counted the cost of being all in. And I'm aware that it will be and can lead to sacrifice and sufferings. Mm -hmm. But let's go back to, to Jesus in, in Luke, the 14th chapter. Let me give you a backdrop as we... Look at it again. Jesus has been in the house of a Pharisee. They, they're eating and they're dining. And Jesus says some things to them. He, he says some parables. And as he's saying these parables, he is being watched and observed by them. How many, how many of you know that people watch your life? They watch you. And what they are looking for is if it's going to link up or marry up to what you say. Somebody once said this, and I thought it strange, but then I really got it. it. It was a revelation. They said, your actions are speaking louder than your words. I can't hear you because of your actions are speaking louder than your words. 
as Jesus is talking to these people, uh, now they are listening to him. He's giving them parables. And, and now a large crowd has come. And they're, they're following Jesus. So when Jesus left the Pharisees' house, there were great crowds that followed him. But he was not impressed. Somebody say he wasn't impressed. He wasn't impressed by their enthusiasm. He knew that most of those in the crowd were not the least bit interested in spiritual things. It's amazing how people want the blesser, not first. They want the blessings. They don't want the blesser, but they just want the blessings. These people were following Jesus, but they were a bit more interested in spiritual things than maybe some of you. Some came only to see miracles. Others heard that he had fed the hungry. And a few hoped that he would overthrow the Roman government, the old Roman Empire at that time, and establishes David's promise of the kingdom. They were all expecting the wrong thing. Somebody say, they were expecting the wrong things. So now what Jesus does, he turned to the multitude and he began to preach a sermon that deliberately thinned out the crowd. Remember one time Jesus was talking and he made a statement that, uh, you must eat my flesh and drink of my blood. And the Bible said at that, at once he said that, at that point, many people turned away from him. That was one of those messages that was deliberate to see who was all in. He says to them, I'm going to say something to you that's going to blow your mind. What did he say? Well, let's go back to the account. Let's go back to Luke, the 14th chapter, verses 25. And there went great multitudes with him, and he turned and he said unto them, this is when he's preaching this message that's going to thin out the crowd. What was it? He says, if any man come to me and hate not his father and mother, and wife, and children, and brethren, and sisters, and yea, his own life also. He cannot be my disciples. <laughs> Man, that crowd got real thin then. But just stop and think a minute. Jesus was not advocating, literally, that we hate the list that I just gave you. What he was actually saying to us, because you know Jesus says, love your neighbor as thy, yeah. and God is. So he definitely is about love. He's not going to turn around and confuse you and say, now you've got to hate. No. Listen, what Jesus actually was saying and meaning to them is literally found, I believe, in Matthew. Somebody turn real quick. Somebody get it for me. Matthew 10 and 37. 
1037, and would you allow reading voice to stand up and read it? He that loveth father or mother, now don't forget now, in Luke 14, 25, and we go down to 26 and 27, he says hate. But read again, daughter, what did he say? He that loveth father or mother, wait a minute, more than me. You see, when he says hate, hate is a strong word. Somebody say it's strong. He's not saying hate them. He's saying love them less. You don't believe me? Read. He that loveth father or mother more than me mm -hmm. is worthy of me. Is not what? Worthy of me. Wait a minute. He's ascertaining because you have them priority. They are number one in your life. He's making the assessment that you're not all in. That's what I'm preaching this morning. All in. How about you? Are you all in? Read. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. In other words, you've got to love them less. You can't put them above me. For had it not been for more, had it not been for me, you wouldn't even have them. You wouldn't have children. You wouldn't have husband. You wouldn't have wife. You wouldn't have mother. You wouldn't have father. So when he said that, yes, the crowd thinning because they were not looking at it from a spiritual perspective of I'm not saying hate, I'm just saying love them less. And whosoever doeth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. You have a cross to bear as a Christian. Your cross as a Christian is going to be identified daily by how you live. But if you do not pick up your cross and follow him, if you do not bear your cross, he says, you cannot be my disciple. Then he says, so likewise, whosoever be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciples. Are you all in? Or you all in? This message is for all of us, starting from the back to the front. As we look at Jesus now saying this message, and this message now truly is causing people to look at themselves, and the crowd is thinning, but he makes it known that they have to be all in. They have to be fully committed. Again, the crowd is thinned out now. He made it clear that when it comes to personal discipleship, somebody say personal. personal. It is high time that I have people in this ministry 
that have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Pastor can't give you that. See, I'm not at your house. I'm not at your workplace. I'm not in your hood. But I tell you one that is, that's Jesus. And he is saying to you, are you all in? Is your action showing people that you're sold out for the cross? But it's a personal discipleship that he's more interested in. He's more interested in the quality of the person than the quantity. Would I love for this place to be busting out of the seams with people? Yes, I would. But I want quality people. I want people that are going to live for God 24-7, 365 days a year. If it's a leap year, add another day of holiness. I'm looking for people that are all in. Jesus is interested in that. He wants quality, not quantity. But in the matter of saving lost souls, he wants his house to be filled, according to Luke 14 and 23. But in the matter of personal discipleship, he wants only those who are willing to pay the price. You know, you've got to ask yourself, am I willing to pay the cost? Somebody said, well, man, I thought salvation was free. <laughs> it cost something. Somebody had to pay it all. Song says, Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. See, Jesus paid a price, and he was willing to pay the ultimate price. Because you see, when we talk about all in, it just means I'm fully committed. I'm sold out. Jesus wants us to know that when it comes to discipleship, he wants you to examine, are you willing to pay the price? What does it mean to carry the cross? Let's, let's just stop there for a moment. What does it mean to carry the cross? Well, let me tell you, there's a difference between wearing a cross and bearing a cross. So what does it mean to carry the cross? It means daily identifying with Christ in shame, in suffering, in surrender to God's will. It means death to self. Dying out, mortify, crucifying your flesh because you know and I know your flesh wants what it wants, when it wants, how it wants, and who it wants. Regardless of what God says, your flesh overrides a lot of times the spirit of God that's in you. That's why Paul said, I die daily. If you don't die daily to sin, sin will come in and control your life. How do we know we're carrying our cross? We're going to identify with him in the shame and suffering and surrender to God's will. It does mean death to self. Own plans. 
to your own plan. Somebody say, I got some plans. You don't think God knows you have some plans? You don't think God knows that you have goals and aspirations? But are you willing to put those above God? That, that's the question. Are, are you willing to put your agenda ahead of God? But then you have the audacity to turn around and ask God to bless what you're doing. The devil is a liar. Why should he bless your agenda that totally has him X'd out? Is quiet in this apostolic tongue-talking church. Are you willing to say, God, here's my plans, these are my ambitions, and I'm willing now to yield to your direction? A cross is something we willingly accept from God as a part of his will for our lives. Jesus had already told his disciples that ye are the salt of the earth. Anybody remember Jesus saying that? Jesus told his disciples, ye are the salt of the earth in Matthew 5, 13. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if salt have lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is henceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. Let me tell you this. When sinners come to trust Jesus Christ as their Savior, when they have come to the place and they've repented of their sins, they've been baptized in his name, and he fills them with the Holy Ghost. Now, these sinners experience something that's a miracle. Somebody say a miracle. <laughs> what happens is this miracle that takes place in their life, they were once clay, but now they're turned into salt. Uh-huh. You see, salt has value. Somebody said salt has value. <laughs> salt was valued highly in that day, in Jesus' time. In fact, part of soldiers' pay was given in salt. The word salt and salary are related. Hence, the saying, he's not worth his. Also, oh, y'all heard of that saying. Did you know that salt is a preserver? I know I got some old school folk in here. I'm talking about like old school, like back when you would smoke your meat, salt it down, and hang it up. Y'all stay with me, YouTube. I, I, gotta, I got these people. They, they know what I'm talking about. And the reason why they, they salted that meat down is because it was going to preserve the meat. In other words, it was going to stay. You could go back a week, a month later, and it still be good. Why? Because salt will preserve. And God's people in this world are helping to retard the growth of evil in the earth. Salt is also purifying. It's a purifying agent, an antiseptic that makes things cleaner. It may sting when it touches the wound, but it helps to kill infection. Anybody ever had that happen? 
Somebody says like pouring salt in an open wound. Ooh-wee. That hurts. But the healing process is phenomenal. But it will kill the infection. Salt gives flavor to things and most of all makes people thirsty by our character and our conduct. Because don't forget, he said that we are the what? Salt. So our character is that of salt. And our conduct will make people thirsty. See, that's what salt does. And they, oh, man. Some, some of y'all that cook, you know you're heavy-handed with the salt. And this is how you'll know. If anybody you invited over, they're eating, and you kind of like heavy when they say, can I have something to drink? <laughs> well, I'm, I, I'm just thirsty, that's all. Why? Because you have put salt in it, and salt has a way of making you thirsty. See, our being salt in the earth should make the people around us thirsty to know the Jesus that we love. We are bringing them salt, and it's making them thirsty for the Lord Jesus and the salvation that he alone can give. However, our modern-day salt is pure and cannot lose its flavor, iodized. So it is not the same. But the salt in Jesus' day is pure and it could lose its flavor, especially if it came in contact with the earth. And let me say this to my brothers and sisters and guests and or visitors. We have people that we are associated with, people that are in the world. Remember how we're talking about salt. The salt in Jesus' day was impure. And so how it can get that way is if, if it was introduced to the earth, the world. And a lot of times we as Christians, we say, well, I, I'm, I'm going to win them. And a lot of times what happens, instead of you winning them, they win you. I'm, I'm trying to help somebody. Listen, if God delivered you from crack, don't tell me you you going to go back into the crack house and you're going to help save somebody. No, what's going to happen is you're going to go in the crack house and you're going to get hooked again. And that can go down the line for whatever vices you have and you're associated with the world. They will win you. You won't win them. That's what happens to, to that salt in Jesus' day. That salt was impure. And because it was impure and it mingled with the dirt, then the next thing you know, it was good for nothing. And then that salt was thrown out into the street to be walked on. When disciples lose his Christian character, which is our salt, he is good for nothing. It will eventually be walked on by others. And guess what? It brings disgrace to Christ. When, we, when we're, listen, one thing I, I, I appreciate about people in the world, they know when you are not real. 
They know when you're just talking loud and saying nothing. Remember I told you, the person said, man, I, I can't hear you because your life is speaking louder than your words. You can stay in here and say, praise the Lord, hallelujah, glory be to God, and walk out that door, and you know how you switch like a chameleon when you get in that crowd of people? They know that. They know that you're mixed in with the mixed up, and you're just like us. And I can tell you this, that I believe sinners appreciate more than anything somebody being truthful with them. Yes. Don't perpetrate. Don't, don't tell them you're Christian. Because now they're not trying to hear you. But if you were to say, listen, man, I, I'm just playing church. I'm, I'm just, I go because my parents told me I go because my father's the pastor. and I go. They would appreciate that more than you being in front of their face telling them what they shouldn't do. And you're living the opposite. I'm all in. What that means is to be fully committed to a task or endeavor to give or be willing, prepared to give all of one's energy or resources towards something. Somebody shout, I'm all in. I really hope that you're all in. To declare that I'm all in as a Christian means I'm willing to live for God above everything else. Is there anything more in life that you'd rather do than live as a Christian? I'm going to tell you, I will take Jesus and let the world go by any day. All in. My life is yours. Can you say that? Can you say that? Lord, my life is yours. Paul said it this way. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet not I, but Christ liveth in me In the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. My heart, my mind, my soul, it belongs to you, Lord. Nobody but you. I'm all in. I'm aware that when I made that decision, I counted the cost. Sacrifice is coming with it, along with suffering. Believe it or not, the Bible is full of those who are all in. Abraham, he left family and friends to respond to the call of God to go to a new land because he was Noah built an ark and withstood the taunting of his neighbors because he was Esther risked her life to approach the king because she was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went to a fiery furnace because they were Daniel also went to the lion's den because he was listen in Hebrews the 11th chapter known as the roll call of faith. It tells the story of famous and nameless saints who were all in. During these challenging and tough economical times, 
coupled with the rising health concerns of COVID-19 and dealing with life in the midst of a pandemic, it's high time you ask yourself, am I all in? Am I all in? This message is that personal message. It is that one, sir, ma'am, that you can't look to your left or to your right or in front of you and behind you and say, oh, that was for them. No, that was for everybody. Starting here, I had to ask, am I all in? Lock, stock, and barrel. Am I totally committed to a life of Christianity? One that sometimes seems hard. And let me say this, and I want to validate it. Living for Christ is not hard. It's only when you try to live easy. It's only when you straddle the fence. It's only when you mix him in with your agenda. That's when living for Christ is hard. But when you live for Christ all in, oh, it's easy. Because you've given everything. Again, you're like that person that playing that game and you look at your hand and you say, you know what? This is a good hand. Nothing can beat this hand. I'm counting on this hand. I'm willing to risk everything for this hand. And you take and you push all of the chips to the center of the table. And you declare to those that you are playing around that table. You say, I'm all in. If you ever watch, some people, they say they, they have a tell. And you can tell what they're about to do in card playing. You can tell if they got a good hand. But some people, they say they have a poker face. That means you got a blank expression. So they, they, they can't tell. But most people, when you're playing and you pull all of the chips to the center of the table and you say, I'm all in, just watch them for a moment. Watch and see how they are reacting. See, because when you're all in, it affects people around you. When you're all in, people say, oh, man, they really mean what they say. When you say, I'm all in, they say, I'm ready to give everything up that I might know him and the power and might of his suffering. When we get to that place and we're all in, you'll see how much easier your life living for Christ is. With every head bowed and all eyes closed, I want you just in the remaining moments that we have, I, I want you, sir, ma'am, to take inventory of yourself. I want you to take inventory of how you are in your day-to-day -day walk with Christ. Is it one of all in or are you all out? All out in the things of the world, acting like the world, talking like the world, being with the world. 
It's my prayer today that somebody is going to honestly answer that question. It's rhetorical in nature, but it, it does demand an answer. And if you see that that answer is not all in, I'm giving you an opportunity to come down to the altar today. Come to Jesus while you have a sound mind, while you have life, while you have health, while you have strength, and come and say, Lord, here I am just as I am. And I'm ready, Lord, to get to the place where I'm all in. If you're here today, the altar is open. Father, you know the hearts and the minds of these that are in person service, person to person. I'm looking at them, they're looking at me, and we physically, Lord, can, can touch. But then there's those that, Lord, are on social media that, God, I pray that the same anointing, the same conviction is moving on them right now, and that they're responding they're kneeling down beside their bed or their sofa or wherever they may be and that they're asking themselves the question, am I all in? I pray God today that there's an answer. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you, Father. I gotta give you thanks. Because, Lord, everything that you have done, I didn't look at the now. I thank you, Lord, for the release of every chain. Everywhere I go, God, I got to give you praise because you have heard my cry. We have been smothered by the grace of God, and it has brought us joy. Therefore, Lord, we was able to make a joyful noise in this city. We have learned to forgive, and with that in mind, God, I just can't stop praising you. In the name of Jesus, we give you praise. Amen.